What a moment. What a moment for Taylor Davis. First major league home run. Show and go with Taylor Davis. This week, I want to talk Beto off the top. Osvaldo Beto making his major league debut for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, that's your guy. That's one of the feel-good stories in baseball, I think, so far this year. And then we're going to see uh, where else the world takes us. There are some notable injuries that, that I want to get to with you. Um, I also want to kind of throw you a thought that I had um, in the wake of the Jacob deGrom second TJ thing. Um, and, and I want to see if you can validate or invalidate it. But first, Osvaldo Beto, 27 years old. This guy has gone station to sticking around at that station, to station, to sticking around at that station, to station. It, it hasn't been a year in high A, a year in double, a year in triple. He's making his debut. It's been like several years at several stops, and he's making his major league debut on Wednesday at Wrigley Field against the Cubs. That's I mean, you know, I, you know, and you know this, and, and for the fans that don't, um, last year when I was playing, I, I took a real pride in Osvaldo Beto, um, that guy. You know, and, and I think that Beto is special to me also because I didn't know what to think of Beto. I don't want to say I didn't like him, but I, I, uh, I was kind of like I, I asked some questions early. He didn't want to – he doesn't speak great English, uh, and he's not scared to admit that. Um, and, and he was kind of quiet. He was kind of to himself and I I didn't really know how to take him. Um, I I didn't really know what that was like. And so I I don't want to say I wrote him off, but I I had a negative connotation at the beginning and I got asked a little bit through the year kind of to to sit with him and, and try to help him a little bit. And man, I'll tell you what, um, he's a special kid. He's a really good person, which we've talked about consistently. I'll be a broken record about that. It uh, doesn't make him any better of a player, but it makes him much easier to root for. Yeah. But, you know, what Beto's got some special stuff. Um, you know, the, the fastball is really, really good. Yeah. Um, the question is going to be, can he consistently throw enough strikes? And I, I think he will. We'll have to see. But like you said, the story in itself, he's just done everything that the team asked of him. Um, he's a, It's a situation where, the organization has now just shown the rest of the pitchers in the system that you don't have to be Quinn Priester. You don't have to be Mike Burroughs. You can pitch in the big leagues if you do it the right way, you go about it the right way, and you're a good dude. And that is really important for a team that wants to create culture and for a team that wants to win a World Series. Everybody has to buy in, and that's how you get it. And and that's the thing, man. It's such a low stress, low risk move. Like it, you're not sacrificing anything by by grabbing Beto for his big league debut. He's arguably been as good, if not better, than Quinn Priester this year. And I love Quinn. I love watching Quinn Priester. That guy's makeup is off the charts. This is not an indictment on Priester that they went Beto over Priester. This is not an indictment on Mike Burrows because he's out with TJ right now. The Pirates had a spot they needed to fill. They're not starting Priester's clock. You know, like you could make the argument that that Beto and Priester are equivalently ready for the big leagues, right? You have the I almost I would almost I would almost venture to say that Beto's more ready. Because he's five years older. That's the thing. Older, he's older. And if you had to tell me one guy, if you asked me, and this is where, you know, we talk about big leaguers and and you we had Jared Eikhoff on here, which we'll have again, but 
when me and him, when you talk about big league starters, they get you through five. It doesn't matter if they if they give up ten, if they give up one, if they give up one hit. Yeah. Osvaldo Beto will give you five innings. I don't care what the outcome is. And I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Quinn Priester to be able to say that. Now, is the is the 100th percentile of Quinn Priester better than the 100th percentile of Osvaldo Beto? Most likely. But I'll tell you, today I am all in on the move to throw that guy to help you to help you win baseball games. And if nothing else, help save your bullpen. Yes, totally. And, and you need those type of guys. Like, I think about, and it's not a favor. That's the other thing that I, I think people will view this as. We've had this conversation about Maggi, right? And Drew Maggi was national news. Last year, Winton Bernard with the Rockies was national news. Teammate, ex-teammate, and also we have the same agent. Really? I've heard really nice guy, Winton Oh, Bernard. my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You, so, you've heard correct. There we go, man. I mean... But- but the cool thing about Wynton Bernard, and I don't mean to cut you off, but like, yes, that wasn't a favor either because that dude was mashing when he got called up. He deserved to get called up. Beto is, uh, what is this? Is six? Beto's like nine months re- recalled from deserving to get called up. In my opinion, Beto deserved this at the end of last season. Yeah, I think, and and, and I think what Beto did in the second half of 2022 deserved him an opportunity to see what he could do in the major leagues. It didn't come. He's getting it now. And I am just so ecstatic. Yes. No, I dude, I'm ecstatic too, but I can't imagine how, how excited you are about all this stuff, man. So yeah, Svaldo Beto making his big league debut on Wednesday night at Wrigley field against the Cubs. I'm going to be locked in day game against the Iowa Cubs that day. So I will I got be- a lot of connections there too. Cubbies, Osvaldo Beto, this is wild. Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely bonkers for Taylor Davis. But yeah, man. I got me, I mean, a, I got me a, a good 50-cent beer, Jack. What is that? Believe that. I went to, uh, was it Winn-Dixie? Winn-Dixie the other day had a 24-pack of, it's called Rio Lager. And it was on sale for eleven ninety nine. Is it good? It was bottled, brewed and bottled in Guatemala City. And I'll tell you what, I don't mind it not one bit. Damn, lighter side? For sure. I'm a lighter beer guy. I'm, I'm a, a standard, beer. you know, I'm a boring beer guy. So me too. Wow, this is good. We we would vibe in a night out because we my thing is like, I want we the lightest away. thing possible. Like, I don't I don't need the the heavy or the the dry. I don't need any like weird flavor punch in the face. That's what I, I don't need to be asking what the name means or where it was brewed. Give yeah. me something with some hops. That's like four and a half to five percent, and I'll be all right. You and I have very similar taste in television as well. We've talked about I think you should leave. I know Adley's a big I think you should leave guy too. Yeah. I've seen all the skits on MLB. Did you watch Portlandia ever? No, I didn't. I didn't watch Portlandia. Did you do um Workaholics? I did Workaholics for a little bit. Didn't love it. It was fine. It was like it was fine. Um, I thought Real Bros of Simi Valley was hilarious. Did you yes, ever get it? I love Jimmy, Jimmy Tatro. Jimmy Tatro's like Tatro's uh, hilarious. Oh yeah. But the reason I brought up Portlandia is because episode one of Portlandia, there's a skit where they go deep into the weeds of 
how free range is the chicken and they go to the chicken farm and it's really good and that's kind of what what that got me going on we're gonna continue we're gonna continue with the off baseball topic here but i want to say one thing i drove and this is kind of baseball spring training we're driving from arizona to iowa me and my wife we had our two dogs no kids at the time and we passed some cattle farms on the way i'll never forget this on one side of the road and i I mean i say this like it you you can't but like truly if i was listening to this podcast i wouldn't believe what i'm about to say on one side of the road was a free range grass fed or free range grass fed beef on the other side of the road was non-free range grass non-grass fed standard cattle farm I we looked at each other and I had never thought this in any way. And I looked at my wife and I said, I will never not buy non like free range chickens, non free range grass fed beef. Like it was so sad the difference between how the two were being kept and the two were being raised. It was unfathomable to me that they had to like look at each other across the street. You're turning me into an organic guy. We're going to be vegan like uh, Prince Fielder? No, we're not going to be Prince Fielder vegan. I just, I wonder how that guy looked like that when he was vegan. Body issue, man. Yeah, just crazy. Um, All right, here's my take that I've okay. got for you that I, I yeah. want you to validate or invalidate. With Jacob deGrom now undergoing his second TJ, I think we are firmly at the place where we need to quote unquote, anoint a new best pitcher in baseball. We've had that conversation before, you know, the lack of availability, you moved off of it. And it's been a turnstile at the beginning of the year. I think I was ready to move off to Grom being the best pitcher in baseball and crown Sandy that ahead of this year. You can't now. You can't now. First couple of starts into the year, I was like, okay, Garrett Cole is that. Cole has slipped up a little bit as of late. So at the end of last week, I sided with McClanahan. I said, I think McClanahan is the best arm in the game because the the bubbles, the metrics don't love him right now compared to how they loved him last year or the year before. But guess what? He's 10 and one with a two one. Well, I think the question, the question becomes when we say best pitcher in the game, are we talking about who do we want to start game seven or who do we want to start a franchise around? I think who do we want to start a franchise around? And, and and we talked about this, and I, I, I don't think you're wrong in McClanahan, but let me give Garrett Cole this. Garrett Cole has been as durable and as consistent as anybody in baseball, and there's something to be said about that. Yep. And I say that meaning look at the returns that, that the teams got for James Shields, and he wasn't successful like Garrett Cole has been successful. Yeah. He is doing what he's doing innings-wise with major success. He is – okay, let me say this. I think Garrett I, – I might I might be with you with McClanahan, but I'll also say I think Garrett Cole today is the definition of an ace. Mm-hmm. He's the definition of a guy that I want to lead my pitching staff. I'm not saying that McClanahan's not – but when I think of, and I'm an older school baseball guy, but when I think of an ace, I think of Garrett Cole. Yes. So 
I'm with you. I think McClanahan, he has not had the runway. Yeah, he hasn't had the track record. He hasn't had the runway to do it. Whole 14 starts at 284. He's already thrown 85 and two-thirds innings. And the thing that makes me want to say, Cole, the thing that makes me Arm brought up a good point on the Just Baseball show. He he said Framber Valdez can be in this conversation right now because he's so ridiculously durable and he never has a bad outing. It's yes. always a quality start. Yes. Garrett Cole in his career. In his 11-year big league career, is averaging 210 innings a year. That's what I mean. What's his ERA? Three two. He's got a three two, and he's throwing. And, and what's his punch outs per nine? Uh, Over nine ten and a half. So, like to me, <clears throat> I don't see. Gosh, McClanahan has just been so dominant, but it's just not been for the the length of time. I just. That's tough. That's like a 1A, 1B to me. Um, man. And the thing is, the home run is both of their Achilles heel. Which is why Valdez feels safer, because that dude doesn't allow homers. If you look at qualified starters, there's only one or two every year that have a negative launch angle against them on average. And it's, it's Valdez and Logan Webb. I'm off Logan Webb. I'm sorry. Yeah, you just yeah. didn't do it for me. That's okay. But like, I'm, I'm not throwing Logan Webb in this because Webb has some blow up starts sometimes. Valdez well, just starts of this season made him completely out for this. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I think it's got to be one of the two. You're either going, you're either going Garrett Cole or you're going Shane McClanahan. Man, see, like to me, okay, so like, let me give you this. I might take McClanahan for Game Seven, and I might take Garrett Cole for a season. This might be like one of those like mm-hmm. Bumgarner Kershaw deals. Like, give me Kershaw to get me to the playoffs. Give me Bumgarner in the playoffs. Yeah. So. I ask you, is Kershaw still in this conversation? I think, you know, over a 10-year span, yes. I don't think so. He's just not throwing enough innings. He just can't. He, he's not. And that's that's the thing. Like, the stuff is more subdued than it was. Obviously, if we're talking about best active pitcher, it's Kershaw just based on the track record. Like, he's already a first is it outlaw. Is it Kershaw over Verlander? I mean, I, I think so, but, like, is it? Well, let's compare. Okay, Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw in... 16 big league seasons, uh, <laughs> 693 winning percentage. He's 205 and 91, 249 ERA, 10 Ks per nine, 2.2 walks per nine. Gosh, he's a freak. He's a freak. Now let's go. And he's like 35. Room. Yeah. So we had, um, I'm going to send you a tweet after this, but on my Twitter, I just clipped like, a, a minute 50 long video of Bueller walking through Kershaw's curveball. I, I cut a two pitch sequence. It was a slider and then a curveball on the very next pitch to Ellie De La Cruz. And the slider is beautiful. It's at the knees, a called strike. He starts the curveball in an identical spot and he makes Ellie look like an idiot swinging at a bounced curveball. Like it is so and freaking he's still cool. doing that. He's still doing it. He's out. And you know what's everybody. coming. 
you know it like that is that sequence 101 and and he nails it every time so verlander 246 and 136 so kershaw what did i say a 693 winning percentage what's the war what's the overall war okay um overall war for verlander is 78.1 holy hell overall war for kershaw is 75.5 i see i and i love kershaw i'm as big of a kershaw fan as as it comes I, I thought that Verlander would be up there. Now, here's what I'll say is Verlander's pitched longer. Verlander has thrown two more years. Yeah. Verlander has a career 3-2-6 ERA. Kershaw's Kershaw has – Kershaw, let, let's say this. Verlander's career ERA is 3-2-6. If I'm not mistaken, Kershaw's had a total of three years where his ERA was higher than 3-2-6. Three two six. Let's see his rookie year when he was twenty years old. He had a four two six, and that wasn't a full year. Since then, twenty twenty one, he had a three five five, and that's it. He's had one. He's had one. Verlander's career ERA is three two six. Clayton Kershaw has had one full season in which his ERA was higher than that. That's incredible. He's got one, two. Since his age 20 season, he did start 21 games there. He threw 107 innings. So he was a 4-2-6. But since his age 21 season in 2009, this guy has thrown parts of every single year. And he has had two years where he has an ERA over three. <laughs> it's, it's unfathomable. Holy shit. I mean, he went like some crazy amount of at-bats without giving up a home run to a lefty. Like on the curveball. Like... Clayton Kershaw is now becoming the most underrated player in baseball. And I think that is absolutely bizarre to me. That's the thing. He's, he's eight and four with a sub three. He's striking out 11 per nine. He's walking two per nine this the year. Is, the, the problem is he's going to throw 140 innings. Yeah. that That's the issue. Like I can't, I cannot give just like I can't give best pitcher of the game to DeGrom. I cannot give, um, Kershaw, best pitcher in the game, if he's thrown 140 innings. I just can't do it. Yeah. I, I want to, but, like, here's my take on that, is that if we're going to do that, then I'm still going to give DeGrom the best pitcher in the game because, sorry to Clayton, but DeGrom has generational stuff. He yeah. might have the greatest repertoire. You like that? Yeah, of that, all was, time. that was crazy. Of all time. He really might, like – if you were going to take one guy for one game in their prime, I'm not sure you're taking anybody else. The question is going to be for Jacob deGrom. It's going to be a Pedro Martinez question. It's going to, well, it's going to be a Johan Santana question is, was the prime good enough to get him in the hall of fame? Because I think he's the only pitcher that you can make an argument had a better prime than Pedro. And and, and, and the issue is it was a two-year span relative to a three-year span for Pedro. But, I mean, those two two-and-a-half seasons that, that DeGrom put up were just uh, – come on. Comical. Yeah. Johan Santana had a five-year stretch from 2004 through 2008 where he had a 2-8 ERA and finished, let's see, first, third, first, fifth, third in Cy Young voting yeah I mean that's as good of a that's as good of a peak outside of Pedro as you'll find 
Uh, Randy Johnson. Have you seen Randy Johnson's peak? Well, oh, Roger Clemens, if we're going there. Okay, so let me just run you through this Randy Johnson peak, though. Okay, run me won- through Randy Johnson. Let's go to Clemens after that. Okay, he won. This is fun. We're talking all-time grades because I've got a very sweeping question for you after this. Randy Johnson won four straight Cy Youngs from 99 to 2002. Okay. In 140 appearances, he was 81 and 27, 750 winning percentage. He had a 248 ERA. He struck out 12 and a half per nine. He walked two and a half per nine. He was pitching like a reliever, throwing 200 innings a year. Yeah, throwing 250 a year. Innings uh, totals 271, 248, 249, 260. Strikeout uh, totals. Let me give you, he's 611. Strikeout totals 364, 347, 372, 334. Uh, <laughs> Nothing beats disgusting. that. It's disgusting. Go look at Clemens. Okay. Because. The reason I like Clemens is the reason I like Bonds. Barry Bonds, nobody in the history of the game has won four MVPs. Barry Bonds won four consecutive MVPs. So here's the thing about Clemens, dude. It's so spread out. Like, he won the MVP in the Cy Young when he was 23 in 1986. He won his last Cy Young when he was 41 in 2004. Good <laughs> Lord. So his peak was his whole career. His peak was his entire. It's the Verlander thing, man. Like Verlander won his MVP in 11. And he wins the Cy Young in 22. Good Lord. So Clemens, let's see. I'll I'll extrapolate this from 86 through 92. First in Cy Young. First in Cy Young. Sixth. Uh, then an off year where he had a 3-1. Then second, first, and third. Roger Clemens during that stretch, which is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven year stretch. Okay. Had a two six six. But he's throwing two hundred and that's not a Randy. You're right. You're right. So is Randy the best peak of all time? I think Randy Johnson is the best peak of all time. The best peak of all time is Randy Johnson. I think so. I mean, Koufax. Shit, are we going back to Koufax? Well, what about what about Pedro? Okay, all right, <laughs> Pedro and then Koufax. This is so funny. Um, I hope people enjoy this because they're pl- they're probably playing the same game that we are. Pedro Martinez first in Cy Young, second, first, first from '97 through 2000. During that stretch, Pedro Martinez had a 2.16 ERA. He was 77 and 25, striking out 11 and a half per nine, walking two per nine. Come on. Damn. Come on. Damn. It's the best. It's the best three year stretch of all time. Four. Four year stretch. Okay. Koufax now. Final four years of his career. Sandy Koufax, 97 and 27 with a 186. Nine and a half Ks per nine, two walks per nine. Like it didn't even compare. But the game was different. 311 innings, 223, 335, 323. It, game was different. That's psycho. Um, who's the best um, hitter you've ever seen? Bonds? Best hitter in baseball, the history of baseball. It's not even close. It's not even close. Um, hold on. Let me read you a stat. I hold on. I got a few stats to read you about Barry. Hold, okay. On. hold on. Okay. Barry Bonds is the greatest, is the greatest baseball player of all time. I actually believe that Barry that Babe Ruth is the greatest baseball player of all time until Barry Bonds. Let me read you these stats. Okay. 
if MLB and now most of these were by my good friend Jeremy Frank. Yes. If MLB instituted a rule for Barry Bonds saying that every ball that did not go over the fence was an out. Every single double triple was an out. He would have had from 2001 to 2004, he would have had a 919 OPS. <laughs> from 2002 to 2004, he hit 303 with a 387 on base and a 655 slug after the count got to 0 2. If you took away all of Barry Bonds's home runs, every at bat that he hit a home run in, take them all away. Yeah. His career OPS is 777, which is higher than 32 Hall of Famers. If he he hit a record, obviously everybody knows he had a major league record, 762 home runs. If you took them all away and made them all strikeouts, every one of them, he would still have both a higher on base and a lower strikeout percentage than Willie Stargell, Reggie Jackson, Mike Schmidt, Sammy Sosa, and A-Rod. In 04, Barry Bonds drew 32.9% of all the Giants' walks, and he made 5.7% of their outs. Uh, here's a random uh, Wayne Gretzky stat for you. If Wayne Gretzky never scored a goal in his career, he'd still have the most points in NHL history. Yeah, because he's the all-time what leading assist getter by a very wide margin. From uh, ninety-two, this one might. So I got a couple. I got a couple other random facts here for you, but it's good timing. Ninety-two yeah. to ninety-five. Tony Gwynn had more runs scored than he had swings and misses. Are wow. you kidding me? Wow. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. Okay, this one, Joe Sewell. Okay, that's struck a deep like early nineties. Struck out hundred and fourteen times in his fourteen year career. He had seven thousand at bats, a little over seven thousand at bats. A hundred and thirteen of those one hundred and fourteen punch outs were looking. <laughs> he started uh, swinging once. Wes Farrell tossed a complete game victory, hitting a walk off home run. On July 22nd, 1935, the day after hitting a pinch hit walk-off home run. Hmm. Okay. This is this is the one. This is the one that like should blow your mind. This is in 2020. So this is August 5th of 2020. So this is for those at home, baseball didn't start until August. Of, I think it was like July 30th of 2020. Yeah. Okay. So in August 5th of 2020, Aaron Judge Homered. And he had like nine homers, something crazy, right? Like in a massive start. His he was slug, he was slugging eight ninety seven. His OPS was point zero zero two lower in that week, of which he was slugging almost nine hundred. Than what Barry Bonds's OPS was. From ninety nine to oh five. So, his baseball reference page is as fun as it gets. As fun as it gets. Do you have it up? I do. Yeah, like okay the the two thousand four season 
will never be touched in my mind. Never. Um, the 2004 season, and like obviously it's synthetic, but you know, throw it away. I don't Just, care. I yeah, don't care. Don't care. 362, 609, 812 slash line. That's a 1422 OPS. He walked 232 times. He struck out 41 times. He was intentionally walked in one fucking season 120 times. He got on base more times than he had at bats. Between hits. walks and hits, he had more times on base than he had at bats. Dude, he had 135 hits. He had 232 walks. That's 367. And he had, what, 365 at-bats? He had 373. It should be. It should be. 135 plus 233. Hit by pitch. Hit by pitch. Oh, plus uh, 9. 376 compared to 373. He got on base three more times than he had at-bats. That's utterly insane. A 609. He he got on base in that 2001 to 2004 stretch. 515, 582, 529, 609. It's it's unfathomable. He's the greatest player to ever He's the greatest player to ever put on a jersey. All time um, all time K rate 12.2%, 20.3% walk rate. That 2004 season, he walked 38% of the time and struck out 6.7% of the time. It's, 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 I mean, honestly, it's unfathomable um, how good, you know, and this is something that, that people don't look at when they see that is that year, and, and even the year that he had 73, like, but especially that year. He was he got walked two hundred something times. That means that he was seeing maybe one pitch a game to hit. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, he was hitting it, he but won. it was a homer. He had forty something homers that year. So Bonds, his first MVP year, he stole fifty two back. Like he was he was a different player when he was in Pittsburgh. But his first MVP year, he led the league in OPS at nine seventy. Next year, age 26 season, he led the league in OPS at 924, finished second in MVP voting. From 1992 until he retired in 2007, he had an OPS under 1,000 one time. And that was his age 41 season in 2006 when he had a 999 OPS. If, if If he plays in today's game, I think he has 10 MVPs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think that he even is more impressive in today's game. And it's, it's you know, he did so much right. What is it? He's he's one of a few. He's one of a handful in the 300-300. He's one of a handful in the 400-400. He's the only member of the 500-500. No, he's the only member of the 400-400, the only member of the 500-500, and the only member of the 600-600. Hmm. How about that? Hmm. How's Good that doing? Bonds. How's that doing? This was fun. This was a good legacy conversation. We needed this. We needed it. Um, College World Series talk. I'm thinking uh, when when we hit them back. That sound yeah, about I, really soon. I, I got some. I got some legends on the line. So hopefully we get some College World Series legends coming through here. 
um, one of the greatest. Um, I've got two of the greatest college arms of one of all time, and we talked about Madison Bumgarner, Clayton Kershaw. I really think when you break it down, the two guys that we're going to have on here can be in that conversation of who would you rather have? Would you rather have the guy for for uh, for the summer, or would you rather have the guy to get you there? So um, let's talk about those guys, um, and uh, well, yeah, we'll see you again very soon. This cat, uh, one of the guys that we're going to talk to, this guy in college had a one seven two ERA, two hundred and eighty two innings. He was twenty three and four. Can just can you say the year of the guy that went to the California school? Give him give him the junior year of that guy. Yes. Uh real quick. Got it. Okay. This cat. This guy's junior year. Through 137 innings, he had a 158 ERA, struck out 139 and walked seven. How's that doing? That's pretty good. Huh. Tighten up. You... Good lord. So good. Um, All right, right, folks. This was fun. This was fun. This was good. We'll talk to you guys a little bit later.